Well, we want to welcome you to the Awakening Moments podcast. Uh, you're here today. I'm Lori and Rhonda's here with me and we're so excited to have another conversation with you today. And our prayer and our hope is that together we will have some awakening moments that we would just allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us um, as we lean into this conversation today. And, you know, it's so funny because as we prepare for these podcasts, you know, we don't exactly know where the Lord's going to direct the conversation. We kind of set a topic and then just open our hearts to, ha- to dig into dig into it together and with you. And so we're just excited to explore, you know, what the Lord has for us in this. Um, you know, the, the word that the Lord has spoke to me about this year for this year is the word discipline. And it's really at the core of, I think, you know, just what God is revealing. And it's been profound as he's been unpacking it, just how many layers there are to this word and how many spaces and places um, he's leaning into this in my life. And I, there really is a true revelation coming to even the very meaning of the word to me. Like when I heard the word, when the Lord said, this is the word for the year, I was like, oh, great discipline. Like it's a ne- it has this negative feeling to it. But as I unpack it in scripture and as the Lord brings revelation to it, it's actually starting to switch to not be such a like hard word that comes with like, oh, it's like arduous decisions, you know, whether it being living a disciplined life or whether it's the discipline of the Lord, like this idea of punishment. He's really changing the meaning of it. And it's becoming almost like something very positive, something very exciting, something very intimate and beautiful. And so, um, yeah, so I'd love to just have a conversation with you today, Rhonda, about, you know, our relationship with the word discipline and even like growing up. So growing up, like I was so afraid of getting into trouble. In fact, like, you know, if you had to say like, what's your greatest fear? I wasn't afraid of the dark. I wasn't afraid of thunderstorms. (laughs) I wasn't afraid of needles. I was afraid to get in trouble. And so this creates like this uber effort, like striving drivenness to like, at least try and project (laughs) perfection all the time, being good all the time, following the rules all the time. Yet, you know, I realized, I wouldn't have realized this as a child, but as I grew up, I realized there was actually like a lot of sort of rebelliousness in my heart. It wasn't that in my heart I was compliant to everything. I was just externally compliant because I could not stand the idea of getting into trouble. What about you? How did you feel about getting into trouble as a kid or discipline, being disciplined? Oh my goodness. I feel we're very similar in that way. And the thing is, we came from very strict homes. Now, our parents are amazing. So we're in no way am I like beep, 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 backing up a bus <laughs> over my parents. Thank you, God, for my parents. Yeah. But, you know, as a child, no matter what we do, we're all imperfectly parenting and stewarding God's kids. Yeah. Okay. Like we're all imperfectly doing this. And our filters of our kids, too, and how God has made each of our kids so unique, myself being included, assimilate things different for me I was the same anytime I was disciplined like there was very clear rules in my home and very clear consequences and I became a master of avoiding getting into trouble and it became a bit of like honestly a striving for approval that's how I felt loved is when I did everything right my parents, if you know my parents, you'd be like, they're amazing. They love me. But that's as a child. Yeah, that's your I internalized. Discipline was I'm not loved. When, I, when I'm praised, 
I'm loved. That's how I started to very young see the differences. So when I'm disciplined, I'm really not lovable and bad and it's not good. And when I do something well, then I'm really great. And I'm doing, so it becomes this quest to always be perfect in doing things right because you're va- trying to validate this identity. I'm, I'm loved, I'm seen, I'm accepted. doing a good job, accepted. Yeah. So it becomes this quest. That's how I kind of charted it young for me. So all through, you know, growing up, it also, it also developed, you know, all through my growing up years, I strived for this. I strive to be like, like always on the good side, exactly like you hated getting into trouble, even at school. I just wanted to just stay out of that radar. However, I also developed interesting habits to get out of trouble. Okay. And one of the habits was I was a stinker for lying. I lied all the time. I twisted the truth. So even if I did something wrong, I could quickly reposition myself to look good. And I lied. I lied to myself. I lied, was not being clear about a situation, twisting the truth just enough to take off maybe the honesty right. of what happened. Or to maybe put, put the attention on someone else oh, so <laughs> that they like, were worse than you. Like my brother. <laughs> like your brother, the scapegoat, <laughs> the middle child That scapegoat. worked out awesome that he was two years younger and maybe not as quick on the fly in those moments. Oh yeah. I had a naughty brother too. He was <laughs> naughty. He was just naughtier yeah. than me. So, he, so And my parents thought I was so good all the time. Yeah. So yeah. it was the Sh- Shine the light over. Yeah. <laughs> so I lied and I kind of developed this way of reframing in my mind truth and truth about myself, truth about perhaps the situation. So I always came out on a better light. And you know, that is an extremely destructive pattern. Now, God has illuminated his life, his light on that part of my life early. Thank you, Jesus. Because but still, that's an area that there is this twist that started very young that came with discipline of not embracing discipline, but redirecting discipline in a way that twisted truth to get out of it. Because I didn't like, you know what, at the end of the day, I didn't like the discomfort and I didn't like to actually see the honest truth of my own wicked heart. That's comfort. That's a big part of the pull. So. Wow. Wow. That's profound. That is really, really profound. Yeah. I I think, I think too, we, we all figure out a way, like if, if you're, if you're wired that way, then you figure out a way to be able to survive or thrive in the world because you do come to the realization quite quickly that you can't actually be good all the time. And you actually can't keep all the rules all the time, even if the rules are reasonable, even if the rules are because the rules come up against your will. They come up against like your desire. They come up against. And so for me, sort of how it manifested is that if if the rule came up against something I wanted to do, then I was going to find a way to work around the rule so that nobody found out that I went around the rule. I could still appear like I followed the rule, but really I was just finding a way to get what I wanted. And so 
you know, it's kind of the same thing, but it's interesting that even as a young child, you know, you kind of figure out these ways. And then of course you, you put your family system into this, right? So we both had a brother that was younger than (laughs) us or multiple siblings that it got easy. I know, I know it got easy to blame. Yeah. Because also too, they're probably naughtier. They're probably a little yeah. bit more, maybe maybe they weren't trying so hard to be good actually, and yeah. they weren't. That yeah. wasn't their way. Yeah. Their way was probably to push against the rules, um, in a, a little bit more of an aggressive way. So, in a family unit like that, you like the personality like you and I, we get a lot of affirmation, and the personality like them, they get a lot of attention, negative attention. Mm-hmm. Um, and punishment and and all of that and consequences for. And it's so interesting when we think about this in light of our faith, because, you know, the scriptures tell us that Jesus went to the cross and like he took the punishment of our sin and our brokenness on himself so that we don't have to. And so even when we start to relate our relationship with discipline in our faith journey, it's just, it's such a fascinating concept and idea to imagine that like we have a savior that took upon himself the fullness of all of Mm -hmm. that badness inside of us, Mm -hmm. the recognition that I can't follow the rules all the time. I can't be good all the time. You know, when I read the scriptures, I actually can't Mm -hmm. do it all the time. I fall short every single day, but yet Jesus took the punishment for that fallenness upon his Mm. shoulders so that I don't have to bear the punishment. And, you know, again, I think what sometimes happens in reality is that if I do something wrong and I actually get caught for doing that thing wrong, like there is a part of me that recognizes like I deserve to be punished. So like, let's like just use a, a literal simple example. If I'm speeding, in the like on the highway and I get pulled over by a cop I'm not saying I'm not trying to convince the cop that I wasn't speeding I I can accept that I deserve to be punished for what I've done I actually broke the law and I deserve to be punished for that and receive the ticket and blah 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 I can complain about it but I I can accept that right Mm -hmm. and so in faith too I think sometimes we take that mindset even in our faith when we recognize that we've sinned when we recognize that we've fallen short it's almost like grace sometimes is harder to receive than to say like God like I, I want to receive some sort of consequence or punishment mm. because that way I can earn my way back into uh. right standing as opposed to receiving grace. <laughs> and I actually don't have to do anything. I don't actually have to live out, make penance, work my way back. Like God, because of what Jesus has done, says, like, I'm going to cover you. It's it's an interesting, like it's an, it's a hard thing to work out, I think, sometimes because yeah i think that we can recognize that if i deserve if i deserve a consequence i can i can accept that i don't mm-hmm. necessarily like it because i don't like to do things wrong but i can mm-hmm. accept that mm-hmm. and sometimes i'd rather pay back than mm. just receive the grace that jesus so freely offers that is a really powerful statement like it's so much it almost is easier to pay back in a way because it goes back to that um, i earn it so it's controllable like if I can pay it back, then I can control how much, when, but I feel like I've attained something. 
But actually, that's why it, I love in the scriptures, like, it's a gift of salvation. No one can boast. Like, it's nothing that we can earn. And even Paul is saying, like, I've done all of this. And yet, like, I can't even boast about any of this. It's just Jesus Christ. And at the end of the day, Jesus Christ. And that's it. That's all. But it really is right down to that need in us to want to control, that need in us to want to have comfort, that need in us to not admit that our hearts are wicked. It just brings you right back to the core that we desperately are sick without God. Yeah. And so I love that even discipline, as we were just going back just to that word discipline, even as we unpack this word, you know, growing up, discipline exactly had to do with like punishment. And punishment you could pay back. Obviously, as parents, you it, we're not God. Like you're saying, this is what you've done. There's consequences to this. Okay. But even discipline, it's a really hard thing for me to sometimes get my my heart around that God disciplines me and that it's positive. It can really feel negative and put me into this cycle that what we're saying, what we're saying here is not true because this is a cycle I can do. I get disciplined by God. I'm now in punishment and I got to earn it back. That's the cycle. God points it out. I'm punished. Here's my consequence. And I got to earn my way back to a status or a place of love or a place of acceptance with God. A rightness. Exactly. This is the toxic cycle that this brings me on where what we're saying is God's discipline is actually God's grace. They go together. I, I, I can't reconcile that. That when God disciplines me, there's no earning back. Yeah, may I have consequences what I've done? Yes. Yeah, that's just part of life and decisions we make. Small consequences, big consequences, in good and bad. Well, in growing. But however, it does not go from that cycle stops. It's discipline, but grace. Nothing less, nothing short. But I take it on a journey that is actually not at all with the line, lining up with the word of God. And that is something that I have to keep reframing in my mind that when God disciplines me, his grace covers my weakness and he loves me. There's no change. And there's nothing for me to earn that back. I just have to walk out the growth steps to, to become more like him because yeah. he loves me. Wow. But here is a really interesting question too when you think about it. Like if you remember yourself as a child going as a teenager or whatever, and, and let's say you did do something wrong or bad, or you got caught doing something you, you wanted to do, you knew that it, it was wrong. And if you got caught, you were going to get into trouble. Did the punishment transform your heart? Did the punishment stop you from ever doing that thing again? Like most of the time punishment doesn't actually mm. transform a heart. It's so true. It's like the law. The law cannot actually transform a heart. And, you know, in one of my journals, I was kind of processing this and I'd love to talk about it a little bit more. And there's a little story that I want to share. But, you know, one of the meanings of discipline is to punish or penalize in order to train, control, correct, or chastise. And when you're disciplined for doing something wrong, it does not necessarily result in repentance or transformation. And, you know, what type of environment must be cultivated in order to yield the fruitful results of discipline? What do we need to, be, 
what we believe about discipline has a huge impact on the response to discipline in our lives. And I can remember, you know, as a child fearing punishment, yet fear itself wasn't enough of a deterrent to avoid the disobedience that came when there was a conflict between what I wanted and whatever that rule was. Sometimes my desires would override the fear and I would risk getting caught in my disobedience. One day I went to go and see a movie with a group of friends and I told my parents that I was going to see this PG movie, but actually we went to see an R-rated action movie and my parents never ever would have allowed me to go and see this movie. And when I arrived home from the movie, my dad was sitting eerily on the couch in our front room, which he never, ever sat there. And, and he said, how was the movie? As soon as I came home and I said, good. And he said, well, what movie did you go see? And honestly, like that's all it took. He just had to ask me what movie I went to see. And I literally like cracked and I confessed we went to go and see a different movie. And I wondered how he possibly could have known that, you know, that I didn't go see the movie I said I was. And years later, I had found out that he actually didn't know, but he just had a feeling and he went with it. And so I was punished for lying. But like when I really, really think about it, did I learn from what I did? Did I receive the correction in a way that would change my heart? No, not a chance. I took the punishment because I could accept that I had done some wrong. However, the next time that my parents' rules conflicted with something I wanted to do, I just tried again to get away with it. I wanted to do what I wanted to do. And the fear I had of getting caught wasn't enough for me not to do that very thing. And so it's so interesting to think about that from the perspective of, you know, does punishment actually transform a heart? And I would say, absolutely not. It doesn't. It never does. And isn't that an interesting idea? Mm. So this very thing that we fear cannot mm. actually change our heart. And I think actually God knew this about the, this people that he created. He knew that the, that law was never, ever going to be able to actually do the beautiful plan of restoration that he had prepared for us. He knew that it would only be by grace alone that our hearts actually could be turned towards him. And so when we think about discipline in terms of the discipline of God, we have to change how we think about it from punishment to grace because that's the only space and the only place that transformation is able to be yielded out of wrongdoing. Wow, Laura, that is so profound. You know, even as you're talking about, like, it really comes to obedience, like some of those obedience pieces, right? Now, <clears throat> growth things happen, whether we're, we're, we're not going to be free from mistakes. And sometimes we just drop balls, we make mistakes, we do things that we shouldn't yep. do. Yeah. And we just quickly repent and move our, so confession, all of that's really important. We're not talking about that today, but I just love the discipline aspect that you're talking about because with obedience, like when we're talking about discipline and punishment, you did, we did not, we didn't obey. At the end of the day, we were disobedient. You didn't obey your dad. You went and did your own thing. You yep. did your own thing. Okay. Yep. But I love how God says, if you love me, you'll follow You'll, you'll follow my commands. It's not saying, follow my commands and show me you love me. It's like, if you love me, it's about that heart. Like you're saying, the transformation of, God, I love you, so I'm gonna follow you because I love you. I'm not gonna follow you for you to love me. And honestly, that, I say it, but in my heart and spirit, I twist that. Wow. And 
that's the transformative place. It's that knowing God, being known by God, developing that relationship of God that's been given to us freely by grace, full access to God. <laughs> like it says you can boldly approach the throne of grace. Like we can boldly come in to his presence by grace alone and his love. And because of that, I want to follow him. I don't want anything to separate me from him. And that's why his law is there. His natural outline of boundaries is there to keep me within his love and covering. That's what it is to complete, to have complete provision for me in all ways. However, in my spirit, I often mix that up that when God does correct me immediately, I think God doesn't love me. Now I got to earn that back. That that's absolutely opposite because he loves me. He keeps me close. And because I love him, I want to keep close. That's really the end of it. But boy, we can take these truths and just the enemy can entice us and play just twisted enough, just enough. And actually it comes from within our nature. Like we are bent that way. We're bent to rebel. We're rebel. We're like bent our hearts. So we give the enemy lots of playroom there and he entices us with that lie. And I believe it. I often believe it when God points something out that he is literally saying, okay, work your way back. Absolutely. I mean, what does the Bible say? It says that the kindness of the Lord is Mm. what leads us to a place of repentance. Mm. It's not punishment. Mm -hmm. It's not abuse. It's not humiliation. Perfect love casts out fear because fear has to do with punishment. And yet God sent Jesus to save us by grace from the very things that will enslave us. We don't even have to do our time. We don't have to make the wrongs in our life right. We get transformed and made completely new. And it really is this joy and this honor to serve and to love God and to follow in his ways with our whole heart. We're not forced to do it. We're not required to do it. Mm. It's our provision. It's literally our salvation from punishment. It's the gift. Mm. And it's such a joy and a blessing. And you know, when I think back to that person, you know, who lied about what movie I went to see and, you know, I bore the punishment of my wrongs and then literally just, you know, took my grounding and then went out and did the same thing again and again and again. I actually now I feel sad for her because she believed that she was free. She believed she was powerful. She believed she had everything she wanted and yet she was being enslaved by her spiritual enemy. She believed in a lie that she knew better and that she was the master of her life. And I know that even in this conversation, I'm comparing this sort of natural story with a spiritual reality, but in the natural world, yes, there's punishment. If we break the law, we have to pay for for what we've done. And that's okay because a society functions that way. You know, if we break our parents' rules, there's gonna be punishment. But what makes the difference between allowing discipline to transform you or seeing it as the means of paying back your wrongs mm. is love, mm. just like what you're saying. It's love. And mm. so if it doesn't come from a place of love, and I think we do this very same cycle with God, like we think we know better. So we make choices that g- break the, the way God says to walk, we break them because we think we know better in that moment. And then we get mad or upset when it doesn't work out the way that we thought we would. And we actually can sometimes even turn that back on God and say, God, how come you're not, you know, and literally God's saying, no, I gave you exactly like I'm, I'm giving you over to 
the choices mm. that to what it is that you want to to how you want to live your life i'm i'm giving you over to that and so i do think there is a profound truth for us today in recognizing that it is out of a place of love that god actually um, calls us to walk the way that he's called us to walk. And his discipline actually comes from a place of such deep love for us and such a call to intimacy. Like it's an invitation into intimacy to say, would you walk with me? It's not punishment. Mm. And there's nothing we can actually do to pay penance, to, to earn back what we've done wrong, the mistakes we've made, the ways we've let God down, the ways that the laws we've broken, the people that we've hurt. There's nothing we can do to actually make that right. Are there things we can do? Yes, but we actually can't bring transformation. Only the love and grace of God can do that. And that's what his discipline is all about. And I think that's the invitation. And that's what I'm learning like day upon day upon day as I kind of go on this this very, very deeply profound journey. Never in all of like my mind would I have imagined that as God said, I want you to study the word discipline, that I was going to get a revelation of intimacy and the depth of his love for us. I never, I never saw how closely aligned these two things just walk hand in hand. It is so far from what the earthly way of punishment and consequence and paying back and law Mm. that we experience like in the natural and in our family relationships, now us as parents with our kids, in the world with the laws that we see. You know, even if you think about it from this perspective, like look at our justice system in the world. And, you know, there I mean, there's lots of statistics. Countries actually don't like to um, give accurate statistics on people that um, are imprisoned and reoffend because it actually makes your country look bad. But they say that it's up to 80 to 85 people that are in prison are reoffenders. They've been arrested before. So you you know, even just from something like that, like our system of law does not work. It does mm. not bring transformation. People are going to do what they want to do regardless of what the law says. So God really is inviting us into a completely different way of walking out life. And, you know, I do think we need to constantly check our heart to say like, how often would we rather walk the way of law, Mm. both with God, but also in our relationships with others? How often would we rather hold them to law then actually just walk the way of love, the way of mercy, the way of grace. Like it's, oh, it's so much harder. It's so much harder. And the encouragement is today, you know, you think of even when you go to any bookstore, the amount of self-help books. Oh my goodness. Self-help. It's a big section. It's a big <laughs> section. And how many have sp- spent thousands on that trying to find, and I'm not speaking to the health of getting counseling. And I'll, I'm talking about when you're doing it in your own strength, like the, I want to change my heart. I need to get a new heart. There are definite tools we can use. Okay. We're not even talking, but I'm talking about just the spiritual side of transformation, complete transformation. And the beautiful thing is there's a promise that God has given us. And it's in Ezekiel 30, in Ezekiel 36, verse 26. And it says this, I will give you a new heart 
and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart, a heart out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. Then you will keep my judgments and do them. And it goes on all the promises. This is the thing God saying, I know that you can't do this. You can do everything possible emotionally, physically, mentally to do everything possible to try to align your heart to do everything right. And you still will fall short every single time because as much as we are faithful stewards of all those parts of our being, our emotions, our physical, our mental being, we have to steward that with great honor before God and do all that's necessary to unpack and to work, do the work in those areas at the end of the day. We need a supernatural transformation that can only come from God and we cannot do it. He needs to literally put a new heart within us. Like it really is this. Even David cries out, search me and know me, God, please search, see if there's any anxious way. Take out like, please remove all unrighteousness from me. Please come help me. This is what God says in your cry. I'm going to do this. I'm going to come and give you a new heart. I'm going to give you a new spirit. Then you'll be able to follow me. I know you can't do this. I know your heart's deceitfully wicked. I'm going to help you. I'm going to give you all that you need. And so I think that is the most, such a beautiful prayer to say, God, every day, I confess I need you. Give me a new heart. Put your spirit within me. Help me to walk in your way that I'm transformed to be more like you. But you got to literally take out my heart and put me a new one. I need a transplant. That's transformation. I need a complete new heart. He's not even, he's not even just redoing new heart new spirit like that's it so i love that we need him that is that and that's a beautiful exchange and i think that's the invitation today and so where even in your own mentality or your own way of thinking or your own filters of self-criticism or being hard on yourself sometimes we can view god through that lens i really really encourage you as you just ask yourself you know some of these questions what's your relationship with discipline what's your relationship with punishment how do you think about god you know what 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 does it look like as you process this with the lord i want you to try to allow transformation to come to see his discipline as being synonymous with his love for you and the intimacy he's inviting you into in relationship with him. Like, like again, just like you would not fear, you know, if someone you trusted with your whole heart invited you into have a heart to heart conversation with them, you would probably welcome that and love that if you really trusted them and you really needed that. And you kind of leaned into that space very, very much like the loving discipline of God is an invitation into intimacy with him and you can trust him in it. And it isn't going to come as a harsh, um, like punishment. It's not going to come as punishment. You can be sure that it's not because Jesus already bore the punishment for where you have fallen short, where I have fallen short. And so you can be sure, you can be sure of that. It's a beautiful, beautiful invitation. And so you don't have to fear. Um, if you're like Rhonda and I, and you kind of fear the, the discipline side, you don't have to fear it with God. He is just not like anyone <laughs> we've ever, ever experienced on the earth um, wh when it comes to the, the, this kind of thing. So I just encourage you, invite him into that space. Let him speak to your heart and may it be the most loving voice that you've ever heard. Again, it's his kindness. Like he's drawing us in from a place of kindness. So I just pray he, you can trust him. Like you can trust him with your heart. That is so beautiful, Lori. There's not much to add to that. Just stay at the table. And this is exactly as you linger what God is going to show you. 
He's going to reveal his great love for you, and he's going to give you a new heart. He's going to put a spirit within you. He's going to enable you to walk with him. He's not going to keep himself from you. He's going to fully unfold his heart for you and give you all that you need to walk in the fullness of his grace and his truth, his love, and the way he's asked us to walk obedient because he loves us and because we love him and we get to know him, we're able to do it because of his spirit. So be transformed. No, he loves you. That's and right. we are all at this table needing God That's to bring right. us to a new place. That's so good. And if you find yourself on the mountain of wanting to always pay back your wrongdoings, the cycle of I've got to earn my way back into good standing with God. You know, I, I just want to remind you, you've gone around that mountain long enough. It's so time good. to turn. It's time to fix your eyes on Jesus, the one who bore the fullness of the punishment of your sins in the past, your sins in the present, and your sins to come. And so you can rest in the absolute unbelievable grace and love that God has for you and the intimacy that he's inviting you into in relationship with him. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. We love you. We'll see you soon.